It's so cliche, but why did you get started? What's keeping you going? You will rise up and you will scale and do what you need to do to grow and develop. And delegation is a big part of a business. You can't be by yourself in this. Hey everyone, welcome to the Self-Employed Journey Podcast. I'm Cami Powell, your host, a self-diagnosed serial entrepreneur, successful business owner, author, and mom. I'm also a student working towards my PhD in business, driven to lead a movement of increasing small business success rates through an epidemic of failures. So each week, I'll be dropping new episodes filled with inspiration, motivation, tips and tricks to help you thrive and survive through the crazy world that is small business ownership. I've lined up some pretty phenomenal guests in a variety of industries that are ready to share their own secrets for running a successful business. Whether you're self-employed or you want to be, make sure to subscribe for updates on new episodes as they're released. Let's do this. Starting out, I just wanted to let everyone know, like I put out a request for surviving COVID stories. And you were actually the first one to jump up and go, me, hi, like I have a story. (laughs) And I love, your name is Crystal. That's my sister's name. So I was like, ooh, okay, we're super interested to chat with you. So you're a fellow entrepreneur and I Facebook stalked you. You're from Oregon. I'm from Washington. (laughs) Can you tell everyone what your self-employed superpower is? (laughs) Oh, God, what is it? I think it is taking care of our leaders. And I consider entrepreneurs to be leaders and the most talented people in the world. And and my job is to take care of them and to make that journey a little easier. In layman's terms, we call it marketing. So I own a marketing agency called Press Release Marketing. So how many years have you been doing that? I got started in 2013. I was uh, fired from my job in corporate America as a secretary, and I really needed to figure out something to do. My back was against the wall. I really felt like I didn't have a lot of skills. I knew how to make coffee, answer phones, send faxes. And, and, and basically, one thing led to another, and a business owner friend of mine allowed me to make a newsletter for him. And that was the organic beginning of marketing. Interesting. Okay. I always ask this question because I'm very curious about like the past, your past childhood and everything leading up to this. Did you ever think that you were going to own your own business? Never. I never thought that. I had no high hopes or dreams of anything bigger. And and it was so funny because I was a like very content underachiever. And, but looking back now, I always had the gift of persuasion. I always was never afraid to communicate and talk and to go for what I wanted. And I think that's a big skill that you want your marketer to have. <laughs> and always into things. I was a drummer because I talked my mom into getting me a drum set. I was into all these after school programs with talent shows. And I would convince you that the people coming to the stage were superstars. And so I just really was unafraid to tell you something great about someone else. And these are truly the nuts and bolts of a marketing business. 100%. Here's my question. You say you're fired from a job. I'm really curious actually how you go from being fired to getting the confidence to start your own thing. 
So I want to say this clearly. I am still working on my confidence. What is this? Eight years later, I got started in 2013. I am still working on that. And I think it will always be a thing because when you're doing big things that you never imagined, I always got to remind myself that I'm exactly where God wants me to be. But there was a struggle in that process. It was not just from being fired to like the glory of being a business owner. There was a lot of struggle. I really tried to get another job. I really tried to be a secretary, but it was already obvious that I was overqualified to everybody except myself. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so I was really starting to hit rock bottom because I had no income and I really just didn't know what to do. I was very confused and I just actually just started praying not to be cliche, but I was just like, God, I have no idea what you want from me. Like I am trying, I am out here applying. (laughs) I am, Mm -hmm. this is just crazy. What is happening here? And I just felt a gentle, I don't know, nudging or unctioning of, I have given you exactly what you need and you need to use that gift. And it was vague like that, Mm -hmm. but I had to then start to look inside. Okay, well, what, what have I been given? Like the only thing I know how to do is talk good about people. What are you saying? And there was just this self-discovery that went on. And in that time I was unemployed, I was broke. I was really trying to figure it out. And then I actually started to gather up my business owner friends and I asked them if they would give me a job. And one of them said, yeah, I need somebody Mm -hmm. to write this newsletter. And so it was really an organic beginning. I remember having the epiphany after writing this newsletter for months. Oh, wait a minute. (laughs) I think I'm doing something special here. I didn't even know the word marketing. (laughs) I love that. Did you go to school for marketing? Eventually I did. I graduated from Yale University during the pandemic with a marketing certificate, but I had already made six figures by the time I went to school. I just do that to say that my marketing degree is from Yale. Yeah, that's amazing. Like, (laughs) good job. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I would say I I graduated from Yale. (laughs) Exactly. First off, I want to start by saying, okay, prior to the pandemic, sounds like your business was doing awesome. You're six figures. Everything was flowing. Everything was going great. So then the pandemic hit. What happened? Things dried up instantly and overnight. (laughs) Really? It was crazy. I think I still get emotional. It's hard for me to talk about, but it was, my business was booming because I had put in the work and really organically put in the work and started from a newsletter to where we do everything full service, social media ads, billboard campaigns, strategies, launches, groundbreaking ceremonies, whatever it is you want to do to bring attention to your business, however creative or status quo you want to do. It, we have been doing it for years. So right around 2019, it was the sweet spot for us and for my business and for my team. And so we were gearing up for expansion and thinking about these really cool onboarding um packages for new staff members and then boom the pandemic hit and it was merciless. Everything just dried up. I didn't fire my team for probably at least a year. I mm-hmm. tried to hang on. And we were working for people for free. Oh <laughs> because I just was like, I know what's going on. Uh-huh. They can't pay. So what do we do? You know, do we just quit? And I could not wrap my mind around just quitting. So we paid a full st- <laughs> 
It was just crazy. That's incredible. (laughs) I laugh now because wow, I have no idea how we did that. Because that was before PPP, whatever those words are called, and EDLI. I qualified for some things, but very low amounts. But they were grateful when received because I was really able to strategically streamline staff. And we switched from an employee model to I work with a lot of subcontractors now and vendors. And so instead of paying hourly, I pay by the project. And so I was able to really restructure yeah. And that process. So it was tough, very tough mentally and financially. And I'm so grateful for the position I'm in now, but it was definitely a scary and dark time. <laughs> yeah. For everyone, you've answered a couple of things. I was like, did you get the PPP? Did you get the EIDL? Like how'd that work? But like you were literally working for people for free. And the one thing that I always literally mention my dad in these episodes because this is my dad. (laughs) He always says times of struggle. The one thing you do not cut out of your budget is marketing. It's true. And the fact, and you knew if they lose me. So (laughs) did you have any companies that you worked for that didn't make it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so hard. Yeah. There was a gym and there was a personal trainer and there was a restaurant, but it was a slow death. Yep. Well, (laughs) and those are the industries that got hit really hard. And I think that they are still struggling right now. Yeah, absolutely. Depending on like where you're located to like us on the West coast, like we're a lot more, I don't know what the word is. I think slower in the get back and going. Yes. I think that a lot of people could learn from this topic of subcontractors Mm -hmm. and hiring and the process of this. What is the process of hiring a subcontractor? First of all, great question, Cammie, like amazing question, because essentially what you're saying is how do you duplicate yourself? How do you add to your team? How do you handle bigger jobs if it's just you and nobody wants to work? How do you Mm -hmm. circumvent this process? And, And so I think what I did, like I said, there's more than one way to do things. But what I did is I would hire business owners or or like little cousins or friends around the way for small projects. And in my world, it would be graphic design, maybe a landing page instead of a website, something small, something I can afford or something that maybe my client wanted and they were not a picky client, something that I feel like I can put a secondary person in, somebody who maybe wasn't a stickler for deadlines. So what I'm saying is you don't want to pass off your favorite client to some new person that you just found. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Don't do that. You still need to make money, but you're basically doing some research and development for yourself to see who's out there. So I would hire somebody to do a small project and see how they work because it's all about their process. So you want to allow them to maintain their process. So how quickly do they turn this stuff around? How communicative are they? Are they talking to you in this process or are they just turning it around? Is it quick? Is it quality? Can you give suggestions? That's the biggest one. Can you give an edit suggestion? Are they seasoned enough to know that they have to please the the client or you or are they... artists and artists are sometimes 
not flexible. Watching that behavior, and, and and honestly, in my case, I've watched it for years before I would say, you know what, this is a solid person. Let's go ahead and get some sort of internal agreement going. So I would have several projects under my belt before I opened them up to my book of business and kind of assign them tasks and believing that I could rely on them. So it is a process. It is a watching. It's definitely having some sort of discernment, being able to read people's character, not make excuses for them. And just really finding somebody with an amazing work ethic, somebody who goes to work every day, even though they're self-employed or freelancing, that's a hard thing to find. So looking at all of that is what I did in order to find my people. So basically by the time I made that decision, I had already been working with my contractors for years. Okay. So my, I just wrote out some notes on this because for me, when I'm onboarding a contractor, like I typically do an interview Mm -hmm. with right now I've been hiring people through Upwork, which is new and Mm -hmm. like, New to me, I was yes. like, what is this? This is amazing. Yeah, um, it's been around since the beginning. So I know. Most of us like, started that way. For me, it starts with an interview. Answer all these questions, submit your resume, and then I'll look through them. And then I will schedule a phone call and I'll go through what I'm wanting. Depending. Yeah, you and then, didn't hear me say any of that, right? Yeah. And so whenever people talk to me about business, I'm like, listen, I am really trying to make money and, and create a legacy. So things like interviewing, resumes, questions, references, even when I was hiring, I didn't do that myself. Even though Upwork makes it easy for you to do, I tell people that are in business, I can't do everything that's easy for me. I have to do things that allow me to operate in my genius. So honestly, I hire people for that. So there's a young lady I use that does all of these things. So by the time the call gets to me, they've already interviewed, somebody's already read the resume, somebody's already answered these questions, references, and then sent me notes on what their opinion is of this person. So then by the time I talk, I'm only talking to two people, and then I make a final decision and it's quick because I don't have the time to do any of that if I'm going to make a sizable business. Because we live in a tech space, because we live in a space where we're used to Googling and reading and researching on our own, we don't realize that might not be our genius unless we're a research company. So I try to, that would be like one of my nuggets, pass on as much work, pay for it, even if you got to take out a loan. I actually (laughs) do have an assistant who does the similar to what you're saying, like going through all the things. I think that this one is a a really good fit. Let's schedule an interview. So huge, huge nugget that you just put there, like (laughs) delegate. Yes. I think that, as I see business owners like creating their businesses, the piece that sticks out to me, like when you're saying focus on the money, it's you're focusing on the things that you, your strengths, wh- whatever they are, you've got to identify them. Right. And you've got a passion for this business that you've created and you're now a CEO of your company. Right. And so you have to, if you don't have the skills of a CEO, develop them to be able to delegate sometimes Mm -hmm. delegating other people have a hard time delegating and if you can't do that i would recommend that it might be something um to work on agreed just little things and then in learning oh i i have to you can't do everything if you're gonna do everything you're gonna be drowning in i don't know 
<laughs> Something. I th- so I think as an entrepreneur, if you keep your goals in front of you, it's going to just guide you. You can't <laughs> have a successful mm-hmm. and fun time in your business if you're doing the job of 18 people. And I've done it because I started out on a, a shoestring budget. But you just realistically cannot ever compete with these other companies when you're doing everything yourself. You could never compete with me. I have girls building websites right now while I'm on the phone with you. How could I ever possibly be on your podcast talking about my self-employed journey? This is a great opportunity. And I'm totally present. If you know why you're doing this, it's so cliche, but why did you get started? What's moving you? What's keeping you going? You will rise up and you will scale and do what you need to do to grow and develop. And delegation is a big part of a business. You can't be by yourself in this. Here's a tip. Huge opportunity there. I've done it before where I just create a job description. We have a big university here in my town. And I have had amazing accounting interns help pull things together and work as a team and come in with ideas that I've never thought of before. So I think that is a really great addition to this delegation topic. My partner, Kitchen Killer, hopefully you can look her up on Instagram. We've hired, in quotes, interns for her podcast, which is so much fun for these kids to get in there and do the video part and the sound and the webcam and connecting it to stream yard or yard stream and just really Mm -hmm. having a good time and teaching us some parts of the technology and the angles and the perfect captions. We've had a lot of fun bringing in interns and it's rewarding on the other end because you're showing them something that they may not see when they're learning reading, writing, and arithmetic. This is something totally different and and real life. And so there's a give back in that process too. So I love it. Yeah. Do you network a lot? Oh God. Yes. That's the word, honey. What's your process of networking? I do it all the time. It's a part of the mantra, like the vein, the fabric of my business. I, I, I just went out with some friends last night and I invited a few different circles. I'll bring people together who've never thought about hanging with each other. It creates great conversation. But I believe in-person networking, definitely I'm going to do get to know people digitally and through social media and my favorite platforms by commenting and going to their pages and looking at what they have going on. But I think that your network determines your net worth for sure. I believe that. And so in order for me to get into a different level, status-wise, economic-wise, and success-wise with my business, I always got to be looking for people that know more than me that can help me get to the next level. So networking is huge. Networking across, networking up, networking down. You never know the janitor in the building can have an opportunity for you. So always talking, networking, and getting to know a person is my thing, totally. I think one of the things that I do, because I'm definitely from raised in a single-family household, really inner city kid, went to a D school and all those things that would make me want to know people who are smarter than me, um, who have had more fortune than me and just to really be around that perspective. So for me, one of the things that I love to do is I throw events, whether it's just a gathering for dinner, whether it's a tea party, whether it's a meetup at the bookstore, whether it's a virtual moment and you can do all kinds of cool virtual things via Zoom, but I meet up with people and I get to know them and there's an acronym 
that I use. Oh my God. But anyway, it, it tells you how to network. So one of which is uh, you want to ask them about their family and where they're from. You want to ask them about their hobbies and what they do for fun. You want to ask people about how are they motivated in the money world and what do they do to acquire money and to, to really get the things in life that they want. And you want to know about their messaging and what they stand for in life. And so those are some good conversation starters. I've been doing it so long, I forgot the acronym, but there's an acronym for it to help you remember. But you just talk to people and you'd be surprised if you ask a question, how people will open up like, oh, so you're from Louisiana. And they may start telling you about their small town. And if you listen, you can find an opportunity for you guys to connect as human beings. And once you connect, you guys can be friends for life. I'm friends uh, with CEOs, with ball players, with marketers, with former WNBA players, all because of networking. I didn't grow up around these people, but networking allowed me to really change my circle. And my circle is reflective of where I want to be in life. So there's tons of millionaires and seven-figure earners that I hang around on a continuous basis, just learning their demeanor and their perspective and being in that energy is necessary for where I need to go or where I want to go. How do you think that you say their demeanor, how do you think it's different from those that are earning less than seven figures? Oh God, there's a behavior and a demeanor that's totally different. I'm sure everybody's read Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. If not, I highly recommend it. That okay. book was written right after the 1920s depression and it was written documenting or detailing the lives of the millionaires that were made after that depression. And that included the Thomas Edison's and all the people that the Alexander Graham Bell that were inventing things in that time and the Rockefellers are detailed in this book, the Carnegie's, all of those people, he details their behavior. People who are either millionaire mindset or just bound for success, they move different. Maybe they wake up early. Maybe they have a health routine. In this book, it says they do a, a spiritual routine of some sort, whether they're a Christian or just spiritual, but most um, highly motivated people who are looking to be successful, they just they have a work ethic that's undeniable. And so just being in that energy becomes contagious. And so it's important for me to always be around people who wake up early, who check out the stock market, who are looking at interest rates or multiple streams of incomes, who are having conversations about getting to the next level, not necessarily just about other people, but other projects and ideas. That's kind of like the behavior I see of highly motivated people. I love it. Okay, so here's the other thing I always say <laughs> is that I know what I notice, and I don't know if they say this in this in the book. Think and grow rich is in my Audible, okay. but I, I haven't I haven't tackled it yet. Okay, but I am curious because. I see, I talk to so many and I see so many small business owners and I am one myself and multiple streams of income. Yes. Like I'm there with you. Spiritual routine there with you. Mindset. Yes. Like doing all of those things. Mm -hmm. But also sometimes I go, I believe we may all have a form of ADD oh. because how do we do all of these things? <laughs> and I don't right. know, I don't know if you can relate or if it's something that maybe <sighs> just comes and maybe it's not actually ADD, but it's something different that allows us to operate on this different level mm -hmm. of thinking and moving and 
throwing all these different balls in the air, not just going to work and coming home and making okay. dinner and going to bed. Mm-hmm. We're always thinking of these things and what you just pointed out. So I don't know. Do they say anything about that in there? Like yeah. a different <laughs> mindset? It's a different mindset. Yeah, it, 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 it's so funny that you mentioned that. First of all, you've got to read the book. There's an amazing chapter on how you just transform whatever that energy is. And let's just say it's 80 HD, we transform that energy into something tangible that you can use in your business. And they talk about that deeply. So there is definitely some correlation there. I think that, and I have not arrived in my routine. I try to do my affirmations. I try to go for a walk. It might happen once a month, but I'm always cognizant of you've got to replenish your energy. So as a business owner, you are putting tons out there by way of your podcast, by way of your client, helping your assistant get on track. All You're putting energy out all day long from the start to finish. So this idea, this concept of spirituality and affirmations and transferring energy, I think that's all about, they even go into even detoxing, make sure you detox. And again, this is a book that's written in the 1920s. So- I think what it's about is making sure that you are pure enough or in a state where you can really pour out without being depleted. So I think those things are meant to revitalize you. And I think, yeah, on another tip, it could be very much so just ADHD. Okay, let me do something else. Let me do something else because that was routine mm-hmm. and yeah, I need to do something else. So that's funny. <laughs> that's a good perspective. But I think that I look at it as like, a good thing like that's Mm -hmm. part I don't know I can't I think that actually okay it's so crazy that you're bringing up like replenish energy because I am working with a life coach right now that we're working on that because so when you say that I in year four had a complete mental I don't know everything breakdown like I couldn't function anymore I couldn't run my team I couldn't do any of that And it's because I never was replenishing my energy. And so now I have to be really cognitive of doing that. And I'm learning how it's not easy, especially for those of us who are super driven. We want to do everything. We want to do it all. But if we don't replenish our energy, we are bound to crash. Period. It's, It's inevitable. And that's the thing about being an entrepreneur. If we're going to be in this game, like I said, 50 years from now, you're forced to learn how do I do this safely? We've seen so many people ending up in the hospital, just being drained, having pneumonia, having exhaustion. In this industry, we've heard the mantras of team no sleep and Mm -hmm. all this stuff. But the reality is in order to do what we're doing, which I believe is vibrating on a higher frequency, it takes energy and people out here will drain you to the very bitter end. And so you've got to be a leadership of your, you've got to take leadership of your domain, your body, your temple, and make sure it's ready for this. This is what we do is not for the week. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us learn the hard way. I've been in the hospital (laughs) Mm -hmm. exhausted (laughs) about a client (laughs) and it's just not totally worth it, but you got to, I think it happens to the best of us. And then we learn. We have to learn if we want to stay in it for the long term. My hope for this, too, is that we're talking about this and people that haven't actually had the crash and burn yet. And please learn before you have that. Don't. Yeah. I don't want to see anyone crashing and burning. I want 
them to know the importance of this because we've been through it. It's almost like (laughs) I know like kids, like we're always trying to teach our kids like, oh, we did that. Don't learn from my mistakes. I hope that there are some out there that will learn from our mistakes because... Right. Because it's painful and it does set you back. It set it, it. I think it set me back probably like a year. Exactly. It will set you now. And you're like, dang. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now what? Oh, hold on. Like it's really hard. And I think COVID also bringing that back, bringing it back to COVID, like definitely, I think set some of us back just because of everything, everything yeah. changed. And And so to be able to have the mindset to actually go and look at your business, and I did it also, and make changes so that we can continue to be successful, but in new ways, it's hard. And But what I hope is that anyone who is either in that situation still and is struggling to get out, reach out. Like, one of us can help. Like, you got the marketing. I'm all about whatever I can do. I would love to help others. Do you have anything else that you want to say before we? I just want to say this was awesome. I had no idea what to expect. Thank you for this moment of reflection. And I hope that I agree with you. We share our our love for community and our love for entrepreneurship. And I just, I'm so proud of you and what you're doing, Cami. And thank you for having me. (laughs) And, And I really appreciate this moment. Thank you so much. Like, I am so happy that you responded and this has been incredible. I love the journey that we've been on (laughs) since the last 50 minutes. Okay. So how can people find you if they're like, okay, we need her. Like I'm already, I think I need to hire your team. (laughs) That would be so exciting. I am online. My website is justpressrelease.com. So that's three words, J-U-S-T pressrelease.com. I'm also on Instagram, pressrelease LLC and Facebook, pressrelease marketing. Basically, if you Google, press release you should be able to find me my name is crystal chanel i'm the owner there's plenty of content out there so crystal chanel the owner of press release marketing on facebook on the World Wide web and on instagram oh my goodness thank you so much thank you 